and uh, we are going to uh, be looking here at a statement that Jesus makes about being light. And if you've been with us, we've been studying about light, and we've been going through this series about light that uh, when God said, let there be light, as he did in uh, Genesis chapter number one, and uh, we've looked at those uh, several different things about how uh, light was given to us, is given to us uh, as a means of grace, and it was given to us to teach us about the gospel. Um, but also we find uh, that Jesus said that he was the light of the world, uh, that he is the one that brings light to us and teaches us about life. And here in Matthew chapter number 5, uh, we're going to look at another statement that Jesus gives to us about light. And you know, tomorrow is, uh, is Christmas, and um, you know, we, we celebrate that, we celebrate about Jesus' birth, and irregardless of where, whether you believe that Jesus was actually born on December 25th, um, that's not necessarily the issue. The, the issue is the fact that Christ's birth was a historical fact that, that changed the course of human history. I mean, the fact that here is a lady, Mary, that was a virgin and gave birth. I mean, that's, that's a miracle in of itself. Um, you know, we're reminded of the prophecy in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the fact that Christ was born... Uh, the fact that he came and he uh, was lived among us in flesh, that, that's a miracle. That, that's something to take note of. And it's something that changed the whole course of human history. Um, when we read about the birth of Christ in Matthew uh, chapter 1 and also in Luke chapter number 2, um, I think so many times we, we, may, we become so familiar with the Christmas story that we actually forget about the reality that Christ took on flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, he left the glories of heaven and came down here to dwell among us. Uh, that's, that is just amazing what, what the Lord did with that. And so it's important for us to think about that, that, you know, when we, we think about Christ as he came here, um, his birth was not necessarily the beginning, and it wasn't the end. I mean, Christ has been working throughout, since the beginning of the foundation of the world. And he continues to work, and he will continue work, uh, as we read throughout all of God's word. And so, when we think about that, um, Christ, he lived a sinless life, and light came to dwell among us. Jesus became a man, and lived among us. A few days ago, I just got a, uh, a Christmas card from my parents. It was also a, a Christmas gift. And uh, Evelyn's, since this is my, grand, my parents' first grandchild, uh, they've sent her a lot of Christmas gifts. And we don't want her to be so overwhelmed with opening stuff on Christmas Day, so we've been letting her open a few gifts here and there. Well, one of the presents that she got was... Uh, we opened it up. It had a card, and it said, for Michael and Evelyn. So I opened the card, and I read it, and uh, it said, I remember you as a little boy. Uh, you used to like doing puppet shows behind the couch, and now that you're a man, I'm thinking, 
boy, my mom finally realizes that I'm a man now. Wow, it only took so long for her to realize that. But I think about Christ when he came to dwell on the earth, you know, that little babe that was wrapped in swaddling clothes, he became a man and dwelt among us. And he showed himself to be God by many infallible proofs uh, through healings and through all of the, the, the dead rising from the grave and, and people uh, having miracles performed on them. And then, of course, the greatest infallible proof of the fact that he was put on the cross and he died and he was buried and he rose again from the grave. Uh, where the Bible records for us where in one day only over 500 people saw him alive in one day. And so when we think about light dwelling among us, if we're not careful, we can miss the, the, the reality of Christ that he was here. And it's not just something that we just celebrate one time. I mean, the fact that Christ living among us should be a reality throughout our whole life. And so when we look here about Jesus, about being light... Christ brings light, and he gives us light, and he's showing us light, and he's speaking light, and he's trying to get us to a point where we realize in our own Christian life, in our own Christian walk, that we are to be light as well. And that's where we come here in Matthew chapter number 5, and that we are to be followers of that light. So let's take a look at the reading here. Matthew chapter number 5, verses 14 through 16. Look what he says. He says, you are... The light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, let's put this within its context. Here's Matthew chapter number five. This is uh, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is going through, and he's giving us some, some principles about kingdom-type lifestyle living. And he goes through, and he talks about all the different things, and he tells us what his purpose was in coming, and that was to be the fulfillment of the law. If you are trusting in good works or you're trusting in yourself or you're trusting in, oh, I'm going to keep the law in order to be in right standing with God, I have some news for you. You're not going to make it because the law is not there to teach us, to show us that how good we can be. The law is a schoolmaster and it teaches us our need for Christ. It brings us to Christ and it shows us that we cannot fulfill the law. We cannot keep the law but Christ did keep the law, and he fulfilled that law. And so Christ goes through all these things about in the Sermon of the Mount that he's the fulfillment of the law. He teaches us how we are to uh, be reconciled to other people, how to forgive. He teaches us matters on divorce, and he teaches us all of these things about kingdom-type style living. And sandwiched in between there is these phrases. It's almost as if Jesus is teaching the people... And his disciples, and then he turns to his disciples and he gives them these things and he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And he's trying to teach them about what and how important it is to be light. Now it's interesting to think about that because last week we looked about Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. But here Jesus says, 
You are the light of the world. You say, what does that have to do with Christmas? Well, hopefully by the end of this message, we'll be able to see the connection between Christ's birth and our calling for us to be light. You see, I'm reminded that we are to be light all the time. On December 21st, we just had our winter solstice. It was the darkest day of the year, meaning the fact that the sun went down early and the sun didn't rise back up until later. It was the darkest day. And you know, we live in a very dark and sinful world. And Jesus calls us to be light, not just some of the time, but all the time. Not just on certain holidays, but every day. We are to be light. So what did Jesus mean when he said, you are the light of the world? Let's take a look at a few things here. Number one, light is to be visible. Look what he says in Matthew 5, 14. He says, you are the light. It cannot be hidden. He says, you don't put it under a basket. You put it on a stand. It gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, our light is a matter of living the righteous life and speaking the truth. Those two things go in common, hand in hand. If you study God's word, the Bible, you'll find that light is always related to the true knowledge of God. Psalm 36, 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life, your light we see light. So the first thing we need to realize is that God is light. As it says in 1 John, it says, God is light and in him is no darkness whatsoever. And so when we come to God, we realize that he is the fountain of life and that all of him is light. And so if we are to be light, then we must manifest God. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. God is light. The word is light. In the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. And he that follows me will not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. So we see that God is light, the Bible, the word of God is light, Christ is a light, and that the light that we are to shine on the world is to be his light, manifesting his light. So we are then to tell them about God. We're to tell, tell them about God's word. We're to tell them about Christ, the spoken word. And so that light has to be spoken. Sometimes we, we seem to think that, well, I'll just live a good life. Well, you know, Mormons live a good life. Jehovah Witnesses live a good life. There are people that don't even attend church, that are not even religious, that live a good life. Atheists live a good life. So what makes the difference? The spoken word coupled with our righteous life is what makes the difference. It's that light that we are bearing and showing forth. Psalm 21, 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So the fact is, if you want to know what light is in the Bible, it's referring to all that God's revelation of himself is. His word and his son, that's light. So we are to proclaim the message of light in a dark world. And that's why he says, you are 
the light of the world. You see, when Christ was born into this world, it says in Luke 177 about the purpose of his birth was to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. You see, that's why he came. Jesus came to give light because we were in darkness. So what our Lord is saying here is that collectively we manifest the light. The birth of Christ was only the beginning of the pronouncement of light in this very dark world. I really like what Luke says. If if you have your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. And look at this statement that Luke makes as he writes to his friend Theophilus. Acts chapter number 1. In verse number 1 it says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. And he's saying this to Theophilus and he's saying, I'm writing this to you that the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. You see, Jesus' teachings did not end when he died on the cross. The things that Jesus did in this world did not end after he died on the cross. Jesus is still doing and Jesus is still teaching. He is with us. He teaches us. He shows us. He illuminates and he helps us. He guides us. And we, as believers in Christ, are to be light. And we're to be showing that light. We're being transformed by light and making that light visible for other people. Let me give you one more scripture. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God passes the light all the way down through us. It's so important that light be visible. You see, the day that you received Christ, the day that you trusted Christ as your Savior, Christ came to dwell in you, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, and that light is to be visible. It's not to be hidden. It's to give light to all. And that light is to shine before others that they may see. So how, though, are we to let our light be visible? I mean... If Jesus says, you are the light of the world, and it's supposed to be visible, how does that light become visible? But here's the second thing. So not only is light to be visible, how do we become visible? Look what he says in verse 14, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. How in the world are we going to fulfill this function? You see, we must remember that the church, us collectively, is a body of believers. Not one of us is independent, okay? We're, we're together as a whole. And as you let your light shine and I let my light shine and we collectively let our light shine, we will fulfill what God has given us to do. So it's important for us to make sure that we have a light, but we're not putting it under a basket. We're not shrouding it. We're not covering it up. Now notice here the statements that Jesus says here. He says, a city on a hill and a lamp on a stand. Jesus was giving some very specific illustrations of how we make that light visible. If you think about the city that's on a hill, you can see it. You know where Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship is? As you're coming down County Road 22, you see a sign that says church. Or if you're coming up around the curve, it's kind of up on a hill. You can see it. Well, in the time here in Jerusalem, here's, here's the city of Jerusalem. It's on a hill. You can see it. And Jesus is saying, let your light shine just like as a city is on a hill. Or a lamp that has been put on a lampstand. He says a light is something that is given to us, and it gives light to everyone that's in the house. I don't know if you're familiar with the kind of lamps that they used back then, but it wasn't like, um, well, it wasn't like anything like this, like a, like a lantern. You know, they were walking around with a lantern like that. Basically, what they were is they were uh, like clay pots, and it was kind of bowl-shaped, might have had a handle on one end, and on the other end, it kind of came to a point. Okay? And you put a wick in there, and you would fill it full of oil. And they would light it, and that thing would burn for hours and hours and hours. And Jesus is saying here, he's saying, this lamp, this light that has been lit, he said, you realize how foolish it would be to take that light and then cover it with a basket. Nobody would do that. You'd be crazy to do that. And that's what Jesus is trying to portray and say. You don't do that to a light. What is the purpose of a light? It's to give light. It's to help people direct them. Have you ever been in a, in a room before and the lights have been out? I don't know about you, but uh, at our house, we have a screen door in, in the front there. And there's been a couple times. It, I did it twice in one day. I don't know how it happened, but I was walking up the stairs there, and it was kind of dark, and I opened the screen door, and wham, man, my knee hit that, hit that screen door part there. Man, it hurt, and I did it within like two hours later. Well, stupid. Should have had some light so you could see where you were going. And Jesus is saying here, you are the light of the world. And he says that lamp is given. He says people put it on a lampstand because when that light is elevated, it lights up the whole room. And it gives people direction and it helps them see what they're doing. And so Jesus is telling us here, he's saying, 
You are to be allowing your light to shine and show it to others, making sure that it's burning bright. Because how foolish it would be to get your lamp trimmed, the wick clipped, filled up with oil, and stick a basket on top of it so no one can see it. It'd be silly. But you know, as Christians, you know what is amazing? We have within us the treasure that is in with, with earthen vessels. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have this great treasure. We have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And so too often, we don't allow our light to be shining. We cover it up. We hide it. You know, this Christmas time is such a tremendous time to talk to people about Christ. Because people are in this mindset of, of it's joyous, it's happy, it's great, it's wonderful, gift-giving, all that kind of stuff. And to be able to tell people about the purpose and the meaning of Christ's coming is a, is a phenomenal opportunity. And so it's important that we are sharing the gospel with others. We're letting our light shine towards other people. Look at verse 15. Look what he says here. He says, when you light a lamp, people put it on a lampstand. And we want to make sure that that light is lit and visible. He wants us to put it where everybody can see it. So that the whole world will know the truth of God. Now, within the context of here of Matthew chapter number 5, and I encourage you to read it if you haven't read it on your own, okay? Just spend some time, read through Matthew chapter number 5 about the Beatitudes, about the righteous living that, that God calls us to live. You see, our, our good works that we do, okay, if you, if you live according to this kingdom style of living that, that Jesus talks about, Matthew 5, okay, then you really have to be different. It it's, it's, stands in total contrast to the way that the world lives. And it's that good works coupled with your light is what makes a difference. Now, look at verse number 16, because this really hits home for us in order for us to become visible. Look what he says here. In the same way, Jesus is making an illustration. He's saying, just like a city that's on a hill and the lamp and the light, the, that's been put on a lampstand, in the same way, he says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. He's saying, let it shine. That's it. So very simple. Let it shine. Let your good deeds, literally the manifest beauty, the, the, the winsomeness of who you are as, a, as an individual, okay? The things that you do as a believer in Christ, he says, let those things be your good works and coupled with that light by letting it shine just naturally, he says they will see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So let men see your winsomeness. Let them see your beauty and attractiveness, your quality. You see, it's not just really the good deed because I would, I would say most people think that they do good deeds. I read an article uh, recently about people that say that 
if they were a if they were a match for somebody, a total stranger, if they were a match for somebody, and that person needed a kidney or uh, you know some other type of vital organ that they could uh, donate, they said that they would donate it to that a total stranger. But yet those same people won't even let you uh, pull in front of them when you have your turn signal on. Kind of weird, right? You see. All of us have this idea that we, are, that we are very good people, but that's not true. Because the Bible tells us that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of God. But it's our good deeds. So what makes them good? It's because we have light that is living in us. That's the difference. The light, it's what makes all the difference in the world. And look what Jesus says here. He says... Let your light shine before others. Just let it shine. You know, if we were to light, like we have here, this candle here, and it was lit, we didn't have to go over to this candle and say, all right, candle, now really, really let it shine now. Come on, come on, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. What's that candle doing? Just shining. That's all it does. And we as believers in Christ, that's all we have to do is let our light shine. That's it. You don't have to trump it up. You don't have to make a, a big production of it. You just let it shine. That's all. And that's why you shouldn't hide it under a basket. You just have to let it do its own thing. Just let the light of God shine in your life. And that brings us here to our third thing. What is the purpose of all this? Jesus tells us that our light is to be visible and we're going to become visible by letting our light shine. What is the purpose of all this? Look what he says here. Thirdly, it's not our light, but it's his. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, the purpose of us being light is not for our own doing. Notice what he says. The purpose is for to give glory to the Father. It's his light, not ours. You see, in this last statement, and if this statement were in these verses, we can almost kind of come to this idea of thinking that we've actually arrived or come to some type of conclusion that we're actually that good of people. But reality, we're really not that good. Nobody is good without God. Nobody. You see, it was God who extended his favor towards us. God who extended his grace and his mercy towards us. That we needed him. He didn't need us. We needed him. And so God here tells us that it's his light that we are to be bearing. It's his light that we are to be showing so that it all points back to him, to give glory to him. You see, this is where I want to bring all of this together with the Christmas message of Christ's birth. You see, when we go through the Bible, we read about Christ coming into this world, and he was sent as light into a dark world, an evil world, a very dark and evil world. And if we're not careful, we can make Christmas about everything else except Jesus Christ. You see, everything that God has done is, and is doing and will do is for his glory, including sending his son, Jesus. I think 
we sometimes think that when Jesus was born into this world, we look at that, we go, oh, boy, that's so precious. You know, little baby Jesus laying down your sweet head and, you know, we sing those songs. And, and we think about that. But when Jesus was sent to us as light, he was coming into an evil, dark place. And here we are, we're sitting over there doing our own thing, and we don't even realize what a gift it was given to us, that light was given to us to reflect the glory of God. Listen to what Hebrews 1.3 has to say about this. It says, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory Glory is the only be, glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 9 says, But we do see him who is made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for every one. When we think of the birth of Christ... We miss the point of his birth because we make it all about us. Was Jesus sent for us? Yeah, he was. But what did we have to offer Jesus? Nothing. We're bankrupt. Morally and spiritually bankrupt human beings. That's why it says that Jesus, it talks about him, it says that he became poor for our sakes, that we might become rich. We have nothing to offer God, nothing. And so when we think about the birth of Christ, we sometimes think it about as, oh boy, it's so great. You know, Jesus came and he was born. I understand that. But Jesus came for the purpose so that he might satisfy the wrath of God. Because as a human being, because of our sin nature, we stand in opposition against God. We've sinned, greatly sinned against him. And so God sent his son Jesus out of, out of pure mercy, out of pure grace, so that it might, in order, satisfy his wrath. And so when Jesus was given to us, when Jesus was sent to us, he comes as light in a very dark world. And it's all for the glory of God. And so when a person receives Christ as their Savior, they're born again, they're changed, they're, they're transformed into a new person. And we have that light that is living in us, that's dwelling in us. And we are to be reflecting that light, letting our light shine, showing who Jesus really is. And it's not our light. It's his light. It's for his glory. The angels stand in awe of what God had done. The fact that God became a man and dwelt among us. 
They're awestruck about that. They're awestruck about salvation, that we as human beings, fallen human beings, are redeemed. We're bought back out of our sin, and we're given grace. And so we as believers in Christ, that's why Jesus says, let your light shine so that they may see your good works and glorify who? You? Your church? Your family? No. That they might glorify God. And so this Christmas time, I, I hope and pray that you, you spend some time thinking about light that was given to us. And it was given for a purpose, not so we can point everything back to us, but so that we can point people back to Jesus Christ. And this is what makes light so precious because it's not our light, but it's his. He has given us life and light when we received him. So have you been letting your light shine? Have you been letting his light shine? Have you made his birth more about you than him? that you spend some time in reflecting on this and thinking about this, about what it means to let your light shine. Let's pray together.